I'm ready. I'm boring you, Brian. Yeah, I have to get naked. All right, three, two, one, record. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 32 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and happy 8-8 day, a very lucky day on the Chinese calendar, August 8th. With me, I have Uncle Barbecue, who's stopping traffic again by off-roading in his truck. Well, I've officially graduated from off-roading with my truck to off-roading with the Razor, which uh, throws up a hell of a lot more dust. And on that note, I'm actually back in sunny AZ, but this week I was hanging out in San Jose. got to actually see both my buddies, Glenn and Chris, but not at the same time because Chris was being whack. But at least I got to have a nice dinner with Glenn. There you go. What about Glenn? Glenn could have came down when I was there. What's Glenn's excuse? Well, you know, he has a real job. That's my excuse. Yeah. (laughs) He can't go to our new hire boot camp, Chris, that we're teaching (laughs) when he doesn't work. It it interfered with my nap time. How about that? (laughs) There you go. And we have Glenn Medina, who finally found the link to the book we're all supposed to be collaborating on. Hey, everyone. Happy to be here. Number 72. That's crazy. Um, yes, I've been thinking about the book for the last couple of weeks and I, so many things to jot down, uh, you know, the saying, uh, at this age, my, my memory buffer is full and I need to dump it out before I get a file corruption error. I get that. That's just right for a buffer overflow attack. Yeah. No kidding. Nice little section right there. I, I actually posted on LinkedIn about the book that we are supposedly writing and my lack of ability to contribute valid information, but we had a couple good suggestions on there. Did you guys happen to see what people were suggesting? Oh, so, I gotta go read. I saw that, and then when we were actually physically together, people were walking up to me like, "Hey, I heard you're writing a book." So I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah." So we're getting some nice. free press on that. So Brian is officially in charge of PR for our yeah. book now. I'm really release. good at it. But yeah, the, the, it, someone suggested that the forward just be nothing but a bunch of dad jokes. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like that. Should that be in the prologue, the epilogue? I have no Start idea. Start with that, end For, with that. Yeah. Just th- sprinkle it right. in everywhere. Every Oh, here it is. Every chapter is just a dad joke. And then on every page, we do that, you know, that, that GIF animation of some guy walking or fishing, catching a big fish and then throwing it back in the water. You ever seen that? I have not, but imagine a static no. book with a GIF. I wonder how that's going to look. Yeah, so that's where I was going with that one, too. <laughs> you think of a flip book, Glenn, a flip book. Yeah, uh, uh, or that maybe that's what it is, where you flip the pages, right? And you see this kind of an- animation. Have you guys done that? Oh, yeah, I've done that with the Yeah, yeah, exactly. With stick figures, and yeah, I used to do that back in the day. The flip book, the original animated GIF. Well, the flip book, all it was is like an origami, right, that you flipped up, and then... Was... No, you're thinking of a pop-up book. This is a flip book where yeah. every page had like a subtle change. When you flipped it from left to right or right to left, it would actually play like a little animation. That's how cartoons gotcha. were made. Damn That's it, right. Glenn. Come on. Sorry. Focus. <laughs> but you guys like the idea. I, I've got all these great ideas. I just need to dump it out and get it to something. Yeah, just maybe write so. it into a shared document in which we are all contributing yeah. to. What a <laughs> novel idea. <laughs> Well, no guess this week. We had a last-minute cancellation, so just the host today. 
We have a very special show planned next week, so be sure to tune in. Combined, we have decades of information security experience, and here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We regret to announce that we lost another one of our colleagues, Jim. Jim, you will be missed. It's been the second colleague that we've lost in about a month, which is just surreal to me because I've worked with literally thousands of people at different companies, and I've actually never had a colleague pass away while while I was working there, but just recently we've had two in a month now, so that's just very surreal to me. Yeah. It sucks because he was young, and he's got he's married. He had three little kids. Like it's terrible. It's not the way you need to go out at all. Way too soon. What do you guys? Yeah. What are you guys doing to your your colleagues over there at that company you work at? <laughs> High stress level. What's going on? Well, one of them was a terrible accident, and then this one was just you know I don't know. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's the takeaway. You know, stress and got to decompress and remember to to celebrate the small things in life too. Most definitely. Learn to take your naps during the day, folks. Take some time. And your Mai Tais before the podcast. Okay, got it. That's right. Real pro tip there. Put that in the book, Lynn. Got it. All right. For our closing the loop story this week, uh, I sent a funny video to the group chat of a, it's a guy in a pickup truck and he's towing a trailer that's taller than the pickup truck. And the pickup truck, uh, goes through a drive through ATM. Well, the trailer did not meet the clearance requirements. It, it hits the roof of the covering uh, of the ATM and it topples over onto the truck. So I just thought that was a funny picture. I sent it to the group and then Glenn says, well, my father-in-law did something similar at a theme park in Vallejo. So I said, all right, well, this is just too good not to tell. So let's say for the podcast, Glenn, the floor is yours. Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, I... I always am a little concerned about telling these personal stories because they're quite amusing, but yet I don't know who's listening. If there's any family members out there, um, I apologize, uh, but this was quite hilarious. Uh, my father-in-law, uh, love him, uh, will do anything for him. Uh, he had bought a, a uh, an RV and wanted to take the kids uh, to uh, Marine World here in Vallejo in California. And uh, it's not that far of a drive. Believe it or not, it's like less than 10 miles from him, his home to uh, Marine World. You now, back then it was called Marine World. I think today it's called Discovery Kingdom. Um, this is back when they had moved the parking lot to the new area uh, of, uh, of, the, of the theme park. And so we're driving up in the RV and he must have not looked at the clearance because uh, he's smiling and he's driving in and there's, I don't know if you've seen that there's a parking, there's a booth where the person stands in to collect money and provide tickets. Well, he wasn't look looking up high. He was just looking up ahead and he slams into <laughs> into the hut. And I swear to God, <laughs> first, everyone in the car, I mean, in the in the RV, we're all just, you know, sitting around. It's a jolt. And if you've ever sat in an RV, there's no real, other than the first two seats, there's no seat belts in the back. So the kids fly everywhere. <laughs> and, 
And the the lady in the booth, because on the booth you service one side and the other side from from, from a single booth. And I, I swear he took the booth or the hut off of its foundation and moved it like five inches. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So like you hear this bang, everyone stares at us, and you know the hut moves, <laughs> and everyone inside the hut like flies out of the hut because they're like they thought there was they got it was an earthquake or something like that right so um we step out uh, we examine we quickly say oh there's no damage and we quickly go away we go park we go look at his rv and he smashed the top half of his window on this Mm. big rv and luckily that's all that was it that you know that he had hit um and no one from uh, Marine World ever went back to tell him that he owed damages to the hut. So, <laughs> knock on wood. Thank goodness. But yeah, that was a funny, funny story. It, Actually happening live. Yeah. It probably happened all the time. limitations on that. It's like, they, they might come after you and use this as evidence. Oh, that's got to be 15 years. And that was a different company. That that was Marine World back then. It wasn't Discovery Kingdom. That's so, true. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's been since sold and rebranded. Freaking Chris, yeah. always trying to rain on a parade with the statute of limitations and stuff. <laughs> well, you know, like this Mr. Legal guy over here. I yeah, have... Is there extradition there? <clears throat> yeah, yeah right. no, but, but it, it, hey, you know what? It wasn't me. It wasn't. <laughs> Shaggy, Shaggy defense. defense. Yeah. So, Dude, I have a, a similar story. So I, I had like this old 1992 Ford Escort, and the thing was like just hanging on by a thread, right? It's just like absolute just car, like... Anytime I'd have a problem with it, I just want to cry because I had no money to fix it. So uh, as a kid, or a young young man, right, I had an apartment, and they had these speed bumps to ensure that you don't drive over them, like, too fast throughout the parking lot. And I was like, man, they, they're going to kill my shocks and struts. Like, man, F the man. I'm going to do something different. So anytime there was some uh, <clears throat> speed bumps, I would go around them. And I didn't always have 100% success, right, because there's like, covered parking uh, to the right or the left. It, it had to be open. So fast forward to moving day. Now, don't jump ahead on me on this, guys. I'm cruising in the U-Haul, and, you know, right there in front of me, freaking speed bump. What do I do? I dodge that son of a gun. What really happens? I take this. Yeah. The, the U-Haul goes up on two wheels, and, uh, and I end up ripping in uh, probably about a six-inch wide hole in the entire length of the trailer. Like, just, just gouged it right out. Just <laughs> gouged it. And uh, so, can opener. Oh, it was bad. And so then I brought it back. And I was like, uh, you know, tail between my legs. Didn't I didn't opt for the insurance or anything. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a costly one. The guy just looks at it. He's like, yeah, you know, beep happens. I was like, oh, all right, cool. And that was it. And just went on my, my merry way. Got lucky. Nice. Cool guy of the week right there. Yeah. That's right. I think he right. looked at me jumping into my Ford Escort. He's like, he's got no money. Like the, He could pawn his car and still have to pay for years on this damage to this vehicle. I would have bought him a six pack of beer just for that. If I was old enough to buy beer, I probably would (laughs) have. It's more like the, the paperwork you'd have to do is like, you check the box for the insurance, right? Wink, wink. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. There's a bridge in North Carolina. I'll link the video in the show notes, but there's a bridge in North Carolina that, it can't move, so the bridge can't get raised and the street can't get lowered, and it's it's too short for most trucks to get through. And there's like all these warnings. There's flashing lights. There's sirens that sound. There's a metal bar that's the same height as the bridge, so people don't ram into it. 
But same thing, you know, some, some guy that lives on the corner near the, that bridge set up a camera, and sure enough, you know, a couple times a month, just somebody with a truck that's too tall just rams right into the bridge, and it, it does exactly what you said, where it, it just, like, peels the top off, or uh, just the, the truck gets jammed up on two wheels. I'll have to send it to you guys. No, please do. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. For our first topic, this will be our ransomware story of the week, but not the typical story where we tell you about some new ransomware group or clever attack technique. They say time is money, and a report put out by Comparatech shows that ransomware attacks cause about 160 billion U.S. dollars in losses for downtime alone related to ransomware attacks. This backs up data from previous research that says the actual ransom paid to these ransomware gangs only represents about 10% of the ransomware attack costs because there are much larger costs associated with the attacks, such as instance response, downtime, and the like. Then that's a, that's a, that's a bigger loss than the gdp of some countries like that's more than ukraine and morocco and cuba and ecuador the 160 billion is a lot of a lot of scratch right there man yeah definitely so a lot of coins can we uh can we average that out like what does that mean 160 billion divided by how many attacks we have any idea what that baseline is uh, i don't think so the report might have it if we go actually go into the article and read the report they might have it but yeah, that that number is is high because when you know I read the FBI's IC three report every year and and they typically have ransomware as one of the lower monetary damages uh, attacks. Like last mm-hmm. year, they said ransomware costs something like thirty or forty billion dollars, but then there's this giant asterisk around it where it says this doesn't include instant response, downtime, everything like that. And if you included all that, it'd probably be right up there with like BEC scams, which is about half a. I think 300 400 billion dollars last year almost half a trillion dollars in bec scam losses last year alone damn daniel well looking at the uh the notes here in in the key findings it says 576 individual ransomware attacks on u.s organizations that's a seven percent decrease from 2020 so incremental gains albeit you know marginally <laughs> like this is on the downside trend right well if you look at it from a business aspect the year over year is awesome with uh, with not having to put as much effort, right? If you look at it, falling 620 to 576 as far as the actual amount of ransomware attacks, but the yield was up higher, um, up uh, from just over 2 million um, in, in 2021, like 5.8 to 7.9 million. So they're a lot more effective. Um, so I would consider that a win if you're looking at it from, from a business standpoint. Let me it's ask like it. a metrics-driven sales organization. Well, if you look at the number of attacks, it's <laughs> down, but you know the average payout might be going up. So, yeah, we're, we're in the wrong business, gentlemen. Theater <laughs> right now. <laughs> I wonder if the ransomware gangs have like, do they have to update Salesforce and do they have to put in you know opportunity next steps in in their ransomware <laughs> campaigns? Right. Are you probably using Jira or Confluence to to coordinate all that stuff? Right. All right, let's say worst case scenario at your house, you know, the bank of Brian Deitch or Chris Lou or Glenn Medina, let's say that you get hit with some type of ransomware like this, like the, this, the world's worst hackers, right? And they, they throw up ransomware in your computer, they're locking you all out and you don't really care. But unfortunately, they've crypto lockered 
all of your important like photos and videos of the kids and your wife and all that stuff, how much are you willing to pay to get that back? Can they torch my house too at the same time so I lose everything? <laughs> I'm sure there's a plan for money. that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good. You can have it all. I'll go 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 be a hermit someplace. So all right, Glenn. Does not care about those memories, Chris. <laughs> yeah, hopefully with my backup strategy that I talk about when we had Chris Hubert on, I would have a backup of it somewhere. That's off prem. Let's say that, that they got a hold of that somehow too. What are you willing to pay, Chris? Like I, I think most of the important stuff I think is probably on my phone. Well, I guess I don't have like yeah, even all the kids' baby pictures. Are, are there probably just the pictures prior to when I, when I got my phone wouldn't be in, in iCloud. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that's worth. I never put oh. much thought into that. So I'm going to ask you guys a question because I just recently did this with my, with my parents and I'm looking to, at this with my kids as I'm going through photos of myself at a younger age. And I'm not talking a lot. I'm just talking of a couple and maybe only kept maybe two or three, maybe 10 at the most. And I look at the pictures now and everything's all digitized. I don't think my kids really care. I'll be honest with you. Maybe a couple pictures and they have it on their own devices and whatnot. So what about funeral, they'll want it. (laughs) 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 You just need a few for the funeral. I'm I'm going to go in the slideshow. I want the anonymous pictures like the uh, like the anonymous face mask that comes on. The Guy Fox. Guy Fox mask and everything. Yeah. How about you, Deech? I mean... The truth is, I well, this is what I told my wife, is that we did get hit with ransomware and they wanted like a million dollars. We lost everything. Uh, the truth is, I accidentally threw away all the photos off that one USB drive. So nobody <laughs> will ever know the truth. <laughs> the secret's safe right here, right, guys? Yeah. Just between friends. Just between friends. It's like that guy that's... Do you read that pod- story about <laughs> the guy that threw away his hard drive that had like 8,000 bitcoins on it in 2013? Yeah, I know he's he's yeah. raised massive amounts of money to go dig up the landfill and check every bag for his hard drive. He's even using wow. uh, robots to do it, right? He's got some sort of new thing that's sifting through there looking for it. Yeah, he's he's got he's got people, he's got robots, he's got some special x-ray that will check if there's a hard drive in the garbage bag, but yeah, this is a massive undertaking. He's got VC funding backing him. Wow. Damn, dog. For uh, how much of a soul that he had to sell of the 8,000 so I think the total worth is somewhere between 180 and 200 million. So he'll keep a third, the diggers keep a third, and then the VCs get a third if if okay. he's right. successful. And that's a big if. Like if you imagine a hard drive from 2013 sitting in a landfill outdoors for nine years, sitting in trash. Like what are the odds you're gonna be able to boot that thing up? But that but that's in wasn't that in like England? That wasn't UK. here in the US. Yeah, it's in the UK, in the UK yeah. right? Yeah. So much more temperate climate. What kind of USB tell. drive was it? Was it like SSD? Was it like rugged built? Or was it just like... One no, it was a hard drive. Out? It was a physical yeah, hard drive, right? It was a physical hard drive, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Spinning disc, yeah. 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 I bet you they and can try to recover it, it, though. Yeah, I'll have to pay a digital forensics team to data recovery to, to get get the wallet Oof. back. And then, and then I bet he forgot his password like, after all that. <laughs> oh, gosh. What do you think... They've come across, right? Like, I, I guarantee there's been some stuff in there. They're like, ooh, whoa, I didn't need to see that. There's got to be some crazy stuff in, the, in that landfill. Yeah, I, I, I sent a GIF uh, a video in the group chat a while ago of, of something, things that they find in the uh, <laughs> the landfill. 
Oh, I have to go back yes. and look for it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, well, too bad it to disappeared. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Well, for our second topic, do you guys ever get so many notifications from an app that you start turning them off or clearing them to make it stop? Oh, yeah. I, by default, yeah. I, notifications are turned off. I only have like a handful of things that can actually notify me. Everything else is just by default. I don't even get to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I have some contractors working on the house, so they continually trip my motion sensors. So I have to set up, uh, set up so I mute those notifications during the day. So a malicious actor could theoretically move around my house during the day, and I may or may not get a notification for it, but... Fair warning, don't do that. It will not end well for you. A tactic first seen by the Lapsus ransomware gang in their attack against Microsoft to bypass multi-factor authentication is increasing in popularity. The attackers log into a service such as a VPN with stolen or compromised credentials, but they cannot get past the second factor authentication. What they end up doing is logging in so many times and sending so many push notifications to the legitimate user's phone that the victim eventually accepts the login attempt in order to make the push notification stop. The industry term for this is this uh, M- is MFA prompt bombing. Now, I can't imagine a world where I would just accept a login attempt to make the MFA prompt stop. My first thought would be change the password. I know it's true for all our listeners out there. I know that you're far smarter and too good looking to fall victim to this type of attack, but we would not be reporting on this unless it works. Once the attackers successfully get into the account, they can enroll their own multi-factor authentication token or device to gain persistent access. Creative. I like it. I would fall for this 100%. If you bomb me with a bunch of crap in the morning, my eyesight is trash, brother. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. And push notifications about authentication, one of the things I allow to come through. And by the way, Okta, in their infinite wisdom, they actually change the yes and no. They switch them back and forth. And so I'm, I'm so accustomed to like, yes, right here. And I do, I'm like, hit no. So I'm guaranteed that if there's 100 of those, I'm hitting no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit yes eventually and be screwed. So leave me alone, hackers. Yeah, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago believe it or not, where someone tried to buy something with my PayPal account. My PayPal was doing 2FA, and I was like, what the heck's going on? Well, it prompted me to change my password, and then I finally got it to stop. So, Why are you always patient kudos. zero for this stuff, dude? Like, yeah, I you're like, know. oh, yeah, that, that happened <laughs> to me. Know. That happened to me. <laughs> yeah. You guys hear about know. COVID? First know. one to get it. So, well, no, I'm not. You are, by the way, amongst the French <laughs> That's because you're always licking doorknobs, so, but yeah. Well, you've had it, right? I think the only person who hasn't is Chris. No, Glenn Both is not. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah. If I did, if I did, it was early on pre-COVID scare, like when I was in, I don't know, you guys remember when I got stuck Seattle, in Seattle. Right? Yeah. yeah, I had to spend a couple extra days there. So my wife wouldn't let me come home. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever fun. have like that, like a, a legit antigen test where you can <laughs> test for the antigen if you've ever had it, period. And I, I wonder because they're... Like even some people in, in my circles, they before the whole outbreak and scare and everything, they says, "Yeah, I got really sick." You know, before the outbreak, I wonder if that was it or not. Uh, Glenn, that's hilarious that your wife wouldn't let you come home because, like, now you can see that as an excuse. Like, I don't want to come home. Oh, I'm not feeling good. I got the sniffles, honey. She'd be like, "Stay away." For me, my wife would like she didn't even quarantine. I got COVID. She's like right up my face. We're gonna share a bed. No oh. big deal. Yeah, 
Uh, and then she didn't catch it. I don't even know how that's possible. Dude. She's naturally immune. Well, no, this she get this she I got it in July and then she didn't get it until December. So, you know, that incubation period's terrible at each household. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Being annoying, I guess, is is the key takeaway here. Being annoying pays off. Otherwise this story would be a non story. But if you want to bypass MFA, this is yet another way to bypass MFA. The others would be uh, session cookie stealing and Brian's favorite tool, Evil Jinx. Yep. Just leave me alone, guys. I don't want to accidentally authenticate. And <laughs> we know how to get Brian now. I know you heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> so I personally tend not to use push notifications for MFA. I use a time-based one-time password or YubiKey if it's supported on that. So that requires me to put some kind of input in, some kind of code in, or so have to tap the YubiKey. Uh, I don't find it that annoying to have to do that, and I, I just enjoy that extra layer of security. But for, you know, I get it for some people, they just want the push. They say tap yes on their phone, tap yes on their watch, and, and they're allowed in. That's actually a good point there, Chris, because... But how would you know that you'd be, be you were being attacked at that point if you didn't have that and they were trying to get your your code, right? You would never know if it wasn't for that push that there were attempts on your device or yeah, to your accounts. That's, that's true, unless they you have like that suspicious login feature turned on or that service supports it that says, "Well, you normally log in from the United States today. You logged in from Ukraine. Is this normal?" Yeah. So here's my the, only here's... wish is that. Go ahead. No, go for it, man. My my only wish is that you know all the vendors would get together and and use a a, a unified um algorithm uh, unified system to do this right because one minute one application I'm using Okta the next minute I'm using Duo the next minute I'm using Azure or Google Fido. Authenticator or whatnot yeah Fido two Fido yeah. two U two F Fido two yeah <laughs> yeah but you, you got to get all these guys to do that right you can't it's not an automatic thing with all the vendors that are out there let's put it agreed yeah the, the reason fido one failed was because it required hardware tokens and fido two hopefully is going to actually catch on and what i'm actually encouraged about is pass keys so this last world password day apple google microsoft they're, they're all in on pass keys i see its utility i see it would work the only problem is Microsoft, Google, and Apple are not going to talk to each other. So until we get some kind of standard where they'll all talk to each other, you know, we're, we're going to be in a password world for the foreseeable future. Talk to me when you can talk to me. By the way, guys, exactly. no matter how hard we try to do stuff correctly, <clears throat> there, is a, there is a gap in our thinking. At least there was one in mine. And I'm curious if you guys think that you already have this figured out. One day I was going about something, I was doing some password management cleaning up, and I realized that, hey, wait a second, the identity that I use to log into the bank, like I have one and so does my wife. So I, I number one, I went to go log in as my wife and there is no multi-factor authentication. It was just how it was when she set it up Ooh. years and years ago. And a very, very weak password at that. No, oh, by the way, we share accounts. Everything, like that, that was just a, a gaping hole in everything. So... Let me ask you, have you taken that into account? Is your wife typing in a pin, boys, to get in or what? I've got the bank accounts to do 2FA on yeah. on my accounts and her accounts. Okay. Um, 
and she does you're right it, you know that's one thing i didn't think of. I, i've got it on most of the accounts and i tell her to not reuse passwords because that's bad um but yeah she she has reused them a couple times so yeah i've, I've encouraged her to use the password uh, a password manager i've tried many of them and i've given her my recommendation on which one's the best shout out to bitwarden love bitwarden uh, and then uh, highly encourage her to enable multi-factor authentication on all her accounts but to her credit though she has come to me many times uh, with uh, random text messages or phone calls and asked is this a scam is this a scam so I, I know she's very vigilant of things like that well you know good for you guys a good education my wife called me the other day she's like yeah I'm, i was locked out of our uh you know password manager and she's like i don't even know what the master password is or what the heck a google authenticator thing is or whatever you know your token is so she's like this is completely useless to me i'm like i feel like i have to write up like a run books on how to manage our passwords because <laughs> i just drain the money out of the accounts until it's her fault <laughs> <laughs> well and then on top of that like i, I force logouts like you know every two weeks so it's it, it is kind of inconvenient but it's safe safer than, it's way more secure yeah, yeah. nice speaking of can't have both <clears throat> Have you guys seen anything or played with Beyond Identity? They're supposed to be doing the whole, like, we're unfishable and passwordless authentication, but I don't know really know anything about it. Personally, no, I have not. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to head to Black Hat, and I didn't have a chance to walk the floor last time and and really look around to see who the new players are. I'd love to just look at new de- new tech and spend some time without having to worry about bumping into people. But I, I'm hoping to make it on the floor this year. Yeah, me too. No credit cards, airplane mode. If I even bring my watch or phone, it'll be, it should be interesting. Yep. yep. Update everything. Are you bringing speaking a uh, which, burner phone for DEF CON there, Chris? If you were to go, hypothetically speaking. If I were to go, uh, <clears throat> no, I'll, I'll probably just leave it in the hotel safe or Really? I heard I heard uh, microwave. Throw it in the microwave. Don't turn it on, but throw it in the microwave because it's just like a giant Faraday cage. I, I, I was just my thought was just make sure Wi-Fi wasn't turned on or put it in airplane mode when I was going through Black what DefCon, right? And that that should be good enough because it's not responding by signal or anything like that. Yeah, but you have thoughts we, on that? As we talked on our last episode, just because Wi-Fi is off doesn't mean Wi-Fi is off. What I really need is that uh, Apple oh. lockdown mode. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown yeah. mode couldn't come soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that comes out in September. How dare they? Oh, man. All right. For our third topic on July 26, Russian ISP Toss Telecom started announcing routes for part of Apple's network in what we're going to call a BGP hijack. Given current events of what's going on around the globe, this was no accident. What's going on in Russia? Just kidding. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) At the time of this podcast, we do not know which services were affected or what Russia's endgame it was by hijacking these BGP routes. But what we do know is that Apple took corrective action on their server side to mitigate the attack until the internet was allowed to self-heal and the correct BGP routes were advertised again. So what was Russia thinking? The thing that scares me is that russia was so easily able to do that and you know countries like china could have done that too but apple in china and other vendors like microsoft in china they set up dedicated special infrastructure in country so the chinese government can spy on its citizens at at any time 
Yeah, I wonder the same thing too, because if, if Apple is doing everything correctly, right? Like if, if anything, like if you're just trying to redirect services and traffic to some Russia server, it ain't going to work, right? Like that's the whole thing about certificate pinning, PFS, all that kind of factors into it. So does this mean that maybe they found some type of service on an iPhone that is unencrypted doing something wonky and they're just using it to harvest credentials or something? I have no idea. It could be. The other thought is, is they're minting forged certificates and they're setting up phishing pages or, or something. Cause you think a country like Russia with its resources, they'd be able to, to mint forged certificates for Apple's services. Well, that's terrifying. That's... Unless it's pinned, like you said, unless it's pinned. True. But Do you I mean... really think that's only happening in Russia? Well, this is the highest profile one we've had in, in yeah. quite a while. And, and for those of you who don't know, BGP hijacking is typically if I go to Apple's servers, the internet tells me to go to the, this specific Apple server in Cupertino, you know, wherever they have their data center. But Russia says, no, no, we host Apple services now. So when I go to apple.com on my phone, now it goes to some server in, in Russia. Uh, and it's it's completely broken because of the way BGP works. Anybody can say, I'm Apple. Any ISP can say, I, I own these IP addresses. Um, and then that's how Russia was able to steer all that traffic to them. But to what end? No idea. If I ever move to like some type of like cloud operations role, I promise you I'm going to hijack a BGP route just to say that I did it. Just to say you did it. Yeah. yeah. Like what yeah. happened on your birthday there, Brian? I just, you know, ingested everything on the internet. We just sent it to my Linksys server over here. It was great. She was say, on purpose or by accident, you're going to do it. Yeah, come hell or high water, <laughs> Brian's going to mess up the internet for everybody. Yeah, that way so I can make, say make even sure smart keep, people do dumb things. Make sure to keep Brian away from any of the, the core BGP routers routing the internet right now. A, a long time ago, I had written, I forget what I had done it on. It was some type of social media service. I was like, ah, wouldn't it be funny, like, on my last day of work, I could just go into the server room to start unplugging stuff. It's like, you know, random cables, just yanking them out. Like there was zero cable management, right? So to do something like that would be terrible, jokingly. So when it was time, like I gave my notice two weeks and it was time to, to leave. Uh, yeah, my boss and security walked up to walk me out. I was like, guys, I was just kidding. I wasn't actually going to do that. I'm like that would like, you guys would literally hate me if I did that. Forget what it did to the business. The guys I work with would want to put me in the grave. Jeez. Yeah, because they're the ones that have to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys remember the compact Presarios, the servers? Yeah. Big, thick drives. Yeah, I remember like the Presario. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I was a newly minted help desk guy um, sitting in the data center, or server room. It wasn't a big one. Some things were gravity mounted. You know, the new compact Presarios were, 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 were mounted on four posts. And uh, my manager walked in. And he goes, are these the new servers? And I was, I was like, yeah, I think so. And he wasn't even in charge of the server. He's like, I heard these are really cool. And he's talking to the knock, and we're sitting there. And he goes, I heard you can pull these drives out. And he pulls a drive out uh -oh. <laughs> in the middle of the day. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the the help desk starts ringing, going off, saying that they lost services. <laughs> the raid has so not been funny. configured yet, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess those drives weren't in a raid. Exactly, and you were like, and he was like, "Oops." <laughs> <laughs> well, weren't they? I think they were hot swappable. Remember, I think they were like, if it was purple or something like that, that means you can remove them. Assuming, can, well, you had to you had to put it in place first yeah. before you could pull it. Yeah, right? yeah. 
Yeah, he just pulled it because he wanted to pull it because <laughs> oh, he thought geez. they were swappable. That's like the IT yeah. equivalent of the redneck saying, hey, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> that was so hilarious. I mean, it took us like a week to recover from that because there's data that was lost <laughs> on that drive. <laughs> I bet he was very unpopular on the help desk that day. Uh, yeah, let's just say he was, I thought, I thought I was going to get a new boss, so, yeah. but he didn't. Pretty good guy. Yeah. So, Chris, do you think Russia was trying to spy on their own citizens by doing this hijack, or do you think they were trying to do something else, like, outside of their country? Hard to say. Like, Russia just does things to be Russia. They, they're, that's, that's probably the scariest thing about Russia is they're, they're unpredictable. Like, if, if, if you're dealing with an adversary that's, that's predictable, somebody that responds to threats, somebody that will act rationally, like, that's what you want, you know, in, in international relations, you call it the irrational actor model. But that, what Russia does is just, is just crazy what, what they do. They're totally unpredictable. They can you know, fly off the cuff, do whatever they want. I don't know. Are they trying to black hole traffic? Were they trying to damage Apple? Were they trying to hack into Apple? Were they looking for political dissidents, like trying to get location yeah. data on people? It's just, you know, pick your reason out of a hat. And that's, that's going to be a valid reason for why Russia does anything. I think if you Sounds would... like Amber Heard. So. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I like to think of like Russia, like if... If the like if you if you boil it down to like high school based personalities like you know you have the U.S. there and Canada and like Singapore like we're all kind of normal just there having a good time partying right and Russia walks in that's the guy that was like huffing paint right this is the wild card at the party that you have to be aware of and this is straight up dangerous right I think that's in probably China yes. too it was uh, I went and North definitely North Korea it wasn't just huffing paint right they're probably doing a lot more crazy stuff. They're like the ones flushing cherry bombs down the toilet and seeing what would happen. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, dropping bricks on animals. Like, I can see all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Glenn shaking his head. All right, back on topic, boys. <laughs> all right, well, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, I came across an interesting article that the country of Hungary was considering passing a law that said, if you had at least four kids, you would not have to pay income tax for life. My guess is that they might be having a declining population crisis like Japan does, and they want to stem that or, or promote bigger families. I already know Brian is 100% behind this since you have four kids already, but for Glenn and I, we do not. Glenn, would you have wanted one more kid if it meant you did not have to pay income tax for life ever again? Heck yeah! What that's, that's free that's money, baby. Free money. Who doesn't give away free money? And I guarantee you, after as much as I've paid this last three years, yes, that would have paid for itself on its own. So, <laughs> what about you? how about you, Chris? I think it's something I can get behind. Like the cost of childcare, especially here in California, is it's just so high that raising a kid to eighteen uh, here in California it far exceeds. So the national average to raise a kid to eighteen is somewhere around two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. But in California, you can double that easily. And part of the calculus deciding whether you want more kids or not is the cost associated with with having another child. Now, there's a lot of other factors that play into it, but for the majority of people, I think cost is is one of them. And, you know, it's another mouth to feed, another college education for many people. That means moving to a bigger apartment or moving to a bigger house. So the thought of no income tax for life is actually really appealing. Um, but on the other hand, at least here in the U.S., 
half of U.S. households pay no income tax, so this law would definitely skew towards the higher income brackets. And I don't think that would ever pass here because they'll just say it's a it's it's a tax cut for the richer or whatever. But you know, it's it's an interesting concept. I don't know how tax law works in Hungary. Uh, see, I disagree. I think uh, we do this; and they just figure out a different way to tax us. But like, yeah, you know, the house you may not pay income tax, but now your property tax is thirty <laughs> percent. Like. Something weird. That's what happens in Oregon, right? There's no state, no state sales tax, but there's very, very high property tax. Yeah, and high liquor tax too. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. got to pay. We'll make it up on the back end somehow. Yeah. So let me ask you: Who do you think has a bigger GDP, Hungary or all the Bitcoin that was stolen, or I'm sorry, the the ransomware uh, cost of doing business? What do you think is higher? Rhode Island. Not Rhode Island. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. I don't know what Ryan. So Hungary only has bit- a GDP of 140 billion. So the ransomware oh. is more inconvenient than the gross domestic than product. The GDP of Hungary. Of Hungary. Yeah, hmm, interesting. I am rounding I'm up. Trying to think bit. what industry they have that there. Like I know they have Budapest, and that might be tourism. I don't know what industry they have in Hungary. It's got to be industrialization, though, right? I mean, maybe. Probably, yeah. I thought that was an interesting concept to promote bigger families. I know, like in, in China, they have the exact opposite. They have the one child law. So that says if you have one child, you get all these free services, free healthcare, free education, free this, free that. And then the second you have a second child, all that gets taken away from you. So it heavily discouraged. So I think that's a common misconception, actually. Some people think it's against the law to have more than one kid in China. It's it's not against the law. It's encouraged. And you have a strong financial incentive to only have one child in China. But that that's no longer the case anymore, right? They've lifted that for quite some time. Yes, that and that was because of that very tragic earthquake that happened in China. That that I forget how many people died, but you know, schools got leveled, and these kids that are anywhere between you know ten, fifteen, eighteen years old, and that's you're only allowed to have one. That was that family's only chance, and all these kids got killed in that in that earthquake. So they they reversed course on that one. And I think that had a, a lot to do with it. Oh. Well, that's kind of messed up. If you if you have one, then it dies. You can't have another. That's that's not very. Well, nice. you can have another. It's just you're you're just it's too late in life for the, some of these people. That's that's the problem. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Tragic indeed. Actually, Brian, you didn't chime in. <laughs> oh, is there a time machine? Can I go back in time and narrow <laughs> narrow it down to maybe just one one kid? No, no. How, how's 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 dad life of, of four yeah kids. but you have to pick one brian can you tell us which one you'd pick right now no it, it depends on the day right no i'm just kidding uh you know i think jim gaffigan said it best right I, he's like imagine he's like what's it like having like four kids and a baby he's like imagine that you're drowning and someone hands you a baby like that's that's what it felt like uh there i'm not gonna lie man there was some there's some rough times there growing up uh but yeah if i can dodge the the whole income tax thing and live life yeah, I, shoot, I have six kids, man. Let's, let's get a start our own tribe. Yeah, you only need one more for a basketball team. Exactly, exactly. So. Volleyball, yeah, same. Yeah, volleyball, volleyball six? Six. Yeah, yeah, volleyball six, basketball. Oh, okay. okay. Beach volleyball okay. is only two, so you guys are good to go. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I need to pick a ball, too. I need to have reserves. If Top Gun has taught me anything. <laughs> Amongst other things. <laughs> Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. 
This week, Brian's up. Oh, boy. And I closed my notes when I just had it open, too. Okay. Speaking of the book stuff that we're writing, I'm also going to write a book on reverse psychology. Please don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. All right. To wrap things up, double check the clearance on your trailer or RV. Downtime from ransomware is more expensive than the ransom. Notification bombing is a clever way to bypass multi-factor authentication. In Soviet Russia, BGP hacks you. (laughs) Hungry may end income tax if you have enough kids. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As a reminder, special episode next week. Be sure to tune in. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Bye Felicia. Felicia. <laughs> Jinx. You owe me a beer. <laughs> <laughs>